You're listening to Country Life with Keith Fahey on Galway Bay FM. Good evening, I'm Keith Fahey and welcome to this week's edition of Country Life on the show this week with James McDonald, a financial specialist with Chagas on transferring the family farm. We'll also have Caroline Whelan from the Galway Pumpkin Patch and we'll also have Neve Farrell on the upcoming Macra event that's happening soon. Plus we will have all the latest from the Marts and our many farming news from across the county and as always if you'd like to get in contact with us here in Galway Bay FM, uh, please don't hesitate to give me an email at countrylife at galwaybayfm.ie That's countrylife at galwaybayfm.ie If you have any questions or topics you'd like covered, uh, we'll do our best to get back to you there. So just looking at some Mart reports this week, looking at the Chew Mart, uh, there's a special in-calf heifer sale injects positivity into the suckler fa- into suckler farming at Chew Mart uh, there last night as Norman Connolly had a fantastic sale there and I was online looking at it there for a few minutes last night. A super sale of super stock and uh, he got on uh, very well with some excellent prices there. And Norman Connolly's sale of premium in-calf heifers was a resounding success with prices ranging from 2500 up to 6100 The sale was packed out uh, with Ring 2 on yesterday evening saw buyers in attendance from Kerry, Tyrone and County Down. Next week we'll see Tumes Bank holiday sale taking place with the general sale commencing at 10.30am, sorry, a special sale of runners at 4pm and a special whaling sale at 5.30pm. And just some sample prices there from yesterday's um, Tume March. Some sample cow prices included a 630 kilo limousine cross cow selling for €1,310 or €2.08 €2. cent a kilo, a 790 kilo limousine cross cow made 1680 or 213 a kilo, a 680 a kilo Charlie cow at fifteen eighty or two thirty two a kilo at five sixty five kilo Aberdeen Angus cow at thirteen twenty or two thirty four a kilo. Some sample bullock prices on offer from two March yesterday: a pair of limousine cross bullocks uh, mid twelve sixty or two ninety nine a kilo. Uh, 455 kilo Aberdeen Angus cross sold for 12.90 or 2.84 a kilo. A 515 kilo Charlie Bullock uh, mid 15.50 or 3.01 a kilo. Three Charlie Bullocks uh, mid 15.20 or 2.90 a kilo, and a pair of Charlie Bullocks mid 18.20 or 3 euro and 3 cent a kilo. Some sample heifer price. This included a 405 kilo limousine cross heifer selling for 1200 or 296 a kilo, a 595 kilo limousine heifer selling for 1600 or 269 a kilo, and then moving on to some sample whaling bull prices, a 310 kilo limousine bull, bull weaning sold for 1090 or 352 a kilo, a 305 kilo Charlie cross uh, bullock sold for, uh, bull weaning sold for 1050 or 344 a kilo. So a lot of uh, weaning prices there, uh, over the three, well over the three euro for good quality uh, weanings, and some sample heifer weaning prices included a Two forty kilo limousine cross heifer selling for eighteen eight hundred, a two fifty five kilo Charlie cross heifer made eight hundred again or three fourteen a kilo, and a three ten kilo limousine cross heifer um, sold for six ninety or two twenty three a kilo. Looking at Lockray Mart reports, so the sheep last Thursday saw the sale of a smaller entry due to weather, but a strong trade all around. One hundred percent clearance with lambs a better trade than the previous week. A three euro per kilo price bracket was broke today with the old lamb selling very very well. Uh, lambs at thirty three kilo sold for eighty seven or. 264 a kilo, 37.5 kilo lambs selling for 102, 44 kilo selling for 133, 50.3 kilo selling for 145. Coolios remain in similar trade with the lighter ones that are a bit more tricky. 71.6 kilos at 97 euro, 94.5 kilo, seven, sorry, 74.5 kilos selling for 99. Hoggets are drying up with a small entry this week with prices from 130 to 152. Then moving on to cattle from the Mart report um, from Lock Grey looking at whalings. One of the biggest whaling sales to date this autumn was very large numbers on offer with a 98% clearance achieved. Prices remaining strong with exporters active for both bulls and heifers indeed. Farmers are also very active uh, buying for sheds. Heifers average from 280 to 352 a kilo. A Shirley Cross at 270 kilo sold for 950 but 
Virgin Blue at 295, Coast selling for 890 or 3002 a kilo, Charlie at 360 selling for 1180, Charlie at 400 selling for 1120 bulls, remaining a steady trade with prices averaging from 290 to 380, so two limousine bull winnings at 290 kilos selling for 960 or 331 a kilo, Blonde Aquitaine Cross selling for 290 kilos selling for 1000 or 345 a kilo, Saturday sales, Saturday sales saw a very large entry of stock with a full yard of cattle on offer. Wet weather is causing many farmers to either sell or put stock into sheds. Lots of farmers are eager for stock. Saturday along with uh, feedlot herds, cows remaining a similar trade with prices from 158 to 219 a kilo. Limousine uh, 2014 born 570 selling for 900 euro, 158 a kilo. And Aberdeen Angus at 2017 born at 740 selling for 1390. There was a special sale of heifers with many breeding heifers on offer to suit farmers in the SCEP scheme, so the Circular Carbon Efficiency Programme scheme. Prices in general average from 268 to 319 a kilo. Limousine cross heifer at 375 kilos selling for 1040. Uh, large numbers of bullocks again on offer with plenty of uh, feedlots and farmers active here. Prices average from 265 to 333 a kilo with the 385 kilo uh, Shirley Bullock selling for 1160. The cattle sale is every Saturday at 10.30am and there will be a special end of month sale this Saturday in conjunction with uh, the normal sale. For bookings call 091-841219. Looking at the Mount Value March sale on Friday gone by, an increased number on offer this um for the autumn show and sale, strong demand for dry cows showing a complete clearance. There was also good trade for store heifers, waning heifers and waning bulls. The plainer stock store bullock was harder sold. The results from their own show were as follows. Best cow owner was Brendan Fahey from Shum. Sponsor St. Charles Credit Union. Best store heifer went to Dennis McHugh. Uh, sponsor was St. Charles Credit Union. Best store bullock was Mark Sharkey. Uh, Montbellu. Um, sponsor was Bank of Ireland. Uh, Montbellu presented with the Paddy Stevens Anamore Mile Off Memorial Cup by Marion Stevens Daily. Uh, best winning heifer went, uh, went to Sean O'Connor from Castle Gar. Sponsor was the Galway Hooker Brewery, presented by Richard Coyle and with the Richard Coyle Perpetual Cup. Coyle Super Value and um, Montbellu. Best wheeling bull owner was Bernard Garrity uh, from Kilconnell from Ballasloe. Boss sponsor, Screens Bar and Restaurant in Gilka, presented by Pat Garrity with the Garrity's Family Butcher Shop from Montbellu uh, Perpetual Cup. Some sample cull prices for cows included uh, Aberdeen, uh, an Albright Cross at 770 kilos, selling for 1640 or 213 a kilo. Other prices from Montbellu included heifers at one limousine, cross heifer at 390 kilos, selling for 1160, and a Shirley 355 kilos, selling for 1110. Wheelings, one limousine at 495 kilos, selling for 1320. Cattle sales on every Friday evening at 6 pm, gates open at 4 pm in person, bidding on online with the Mart I app. Friday the 27th of October there is a special sale of store bullocks with the usual sale and Montpellier March sheep sale is on Saturday the 21st of October so the last sale there gone by so looking at the review of that from Montpellier sale not as big as the previous week good show of stag yos and lambs smaller numbers of breeding sheep good trade for breeding sheep store lambs uh, were also in good demand factory lambs were also a better trade some sample prices included 10 lambs at 48 kilos selling for 140 15 yo lambs at 43 kilos selling for 121 12 yo lambs at 30 kilos selling for 78 and breeding sheep first crop yo's made 140 to 160 second and third crop yo's made 106 to 140 Hoggett yo's mid from 140 to 190 and the sheep sales every Saturday at 10am. I'd also like to wish the best luck to the Turlockmore Senior uh, Hurlers on Sunday when they take on St. Thomas's. Uh, so the, the best luck lads, we hope you uh, bring it home and uh, stop the, the Thomas's boys from winning six in a row um, to equal our record. But uh, it'd be great to, to obviously win the county final again there. So best luck to all the Turlockmore Hurlers this weekend as you take on Thomas's. Looking at today's Irish Farming Independent News there and the EU nations warn of drop in demand for our 
organic food, writes Kieran Morn. Twelve member states say funding may need to be shifted to other areas. A host of EU nations have sounded alarm bells over prospects of the organic sector in the new block and suggested uh, the budget for organic payments need to be shifted to other environmental actions. The warning comes as Ireland is on the cusp of a massive expansion of the sector after the government committed to a five-fold increase in the funding for organic farming to the tune of $256 million between now and 2027. The aim is to triple the area of land farmed organically by 10%. The number of farmers organically have here of more than doubled last year to approximately 4,300 and thousands more are set to join this year. However, a host of EU nations has raised concerns over the outlook for the sector, sector and the block uh, begins a major scale-up in production. And in the last couple of weeks there we've seen a lot of farmers' payments coming through. The ANC payment went through there a couple of weeks ago and uh, today, from today on the BIS payment starts to be pay, to paid as well. So that was announced by Minister Charlie McConlog. And uh, the new Chris front-loading payment of 40 euro per hectare to be paid on the first 30 hectares is also scheduled to issue from today. Uh, there will be other, meanwhile, eco-schemes and, and other payments which account for 25% of the farmers' direct payments are set to be issued early next week. Payments under the Acres Scheme Organic Farming Scheme are due in November. It comes after 179 million in payment under the Areas of Natural Constraints issued to 85,000 farmers last week. Uh, payment dates for October ANC. Advance payments commence uh, issuing to clear cases from October uh, 17th. BISC and Chris advance payments from today, the 24th of October, and eco payments uh, from the end of October. Another event that's coming up is the Dairy B500 program, uh, Winter Herd Management. management webinar there that's uh, happening for Dairy Calf uh, Beef Production Systems and it's on the 26th of the 10th so this Thursday at 8pm and uh, Alan Dillon a Chagas Dairy Beef 500 campaign manager will be speaking at it also Aidan Maguire um, from me the Dairy Beef 500 farmer so he's a participant in the group there finishing a lot of uh, Hereford, Angus's and Frisians um, at 20 to 24 and 30 months of age. Uh, Brefney O'Brien from Agriland who's a technical beef specialist with Agriland, Brefney O'Brien and there will also be an MSD veterinary technical advisor speaking at the webinar as well and you can get the details of the webinar at Chagas uh, Dairy B500 program winter herd management if you look up that on Google it should come up so they're going to cover a range of different topics and there will also be a presentation with the live panel discussion afterwards so th- some of the information and items that will be covered indeed will be the health at housing and feeding non-feed uh, factors feeding and non-feed factors uh, apologies during housing um, so um, that will be chaired by Brefney O'Brien who's the technical beef specialist with Agriland as well so you have Alan Dillon Aidan Maguire Brefney O'Brien and an MSD veterinary technical advisor who's also going to cover a little bit on that there as well so uh, very important especially this time of the year a lot of cattle are going into sheds now it's very important that you know they don't have much of a worm burden that farmers are maybe taking fecal egg samples a lot of cattle are going to be housed in the next couple of weeks or days even or if not in already uh, due to the very wet weather and conditions that we've had in the last couple of weeks grazing conditions are very tough at the minute um, you know maybe a, a back fence might be very important as well where you're grazing cattle as well to prevent them further poaching any ground um, where they, they can go back on there as well so that, that can be a big issue and maybe trying to keep the lighter type cattle out for another couple of uh, weeks as well so the likes of your dairy bread animals or your weanlings and that um, a lot of cows being housed around the country at the moment um, so it is important if you can leave uh, the younger cattle out and try and it'll reduce your winter feed demand obviously as well and silage uh, demand as well um, and also try and graze off those paddocks fairly well uh, to ensure that there'll be a good quality spring sward there um, in 
February, March time as well available so that the, 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 a lot of the, all the dead butts are grazed off and that you will have good clean uh, quality, good quality high protein, protein grass there in February and in early March to try and get the lighter stock out uh, which is way better for average daily gain and indeed uh, reduced silage demand. We will also have Neve Farrell there from Mockra who's going to talk to us later on in the show about the land mobility, succession grants and farm options talk there that Mockra are organising and it's in con- connection with uh, Tarpy and Associates as well, the agri-advisors in Ardrahan. Um, so the, it'll talk about thinking about the future and explore your farm options, farm grants, what is available for young farmers and it is on the 25th of October at 8pm uh, in Eddie Ned's uh, Monave. Um, speakers are Michal Larkin the la- from the Land and Mobility Service on Young Farmers Options, Partnerships and Leasing. And we will also be a speaker uh, or two from Tarpian Associates there from Agri Consultants um, in Ardrahan there on Young Farmer Options. So that's on tomorrow at 8pm uh, in relation to the Land Mobility Service and indeed MACRA. And any queries can be got in an email there at munave at macra.ie. So that's uh, MACRA, the Land Mobility Service, and uh, Tarpian Associates Agri Advisors. They are giving information on that as well. So Land Mobility Succession Grants and Farm Talk Options. But we'll go through all of that with, uh, indeed, uh, Neve Farrell from MACRA. So we're delighted to have her on later in the show. We also got a question there from a farmer recently at a farm talk uh, asking me to explain the grid and uh, how cattle are graded as well. So some farmers may be sending cattle to the factory in the next couple of weeks. Uh, just important there, I suppose that farmers know how they're going to get paid. Uh, you're looking at base, you're, so you, you you get paid based on your base price. So if we look at a base price of approximately four euros and sixty cent there this week for uh, bullocks and approximately four sixty five for heifers, and obviously this is going to range uh, within factories as well and numbers of cattle available. So the grid is a quality based pricing grid for steers and heifers, and you have a, a Europe a EU ROP um, a way of um, confirmation. So you have three scores within each E, U, R, O and P. So E is based on the confirmation. So if we look at an E, uh, which would be very rare, I think they only count for like 2 to 4 or 5% of the the actual kill um, in Ireland. So uh, an E would be like a double muscle pedigree Belgian blue, whereas a P might be a, a very thin, uh, maybe Jersey cross type of light cow in the factory there. So your double muscle is your E and then the planar uh, carcass there. So it, it depends on the shoulder, the line, um, and indeed the hind quarter there is how they're graded on and they can be graded manually or indeed uh, mechanically um, by computerized systems so you get paid uh, so the base price is for an R equals or R minus so you get your base price on that so if the animal grades better than an R equals so we'll say for example an R plus or U minus it goes up in 6 cents after that so 6 cents for an R plus 12 cents for a U minus and 18 cents for a U equals there and they have to score a 2 plus up to a 4 equals um, if they are a 4 plus uh, the price will come come back slightly as, the, as you get penalised for being over fat so the, the the fat cover goes from 1 to 5 and similar to the EUROP uh, it has 3 scores within each one so you have a, one, you have a plus an equals and a minus so um, the most favourable one there would be a, in the region of a 3 to a 4 equals there would be where uh, most farmers would be aiming to get their fat score as well so and on that as well if you can grade between a 2 plus and a 4 equals from 
a U plus to an O equals there, you'll qualify for a 20 cent bonus there where cattle are under the, the 30 months of age. Uh, that goes down slightly to 12 cent um, and 8 cent depending on the different uh, factories there as well. Um, so steers and heifers aged 30 to 36 months grading within that uh, will attract an 8 cent uh, per kilo uh, and any steers and heifers aged under 30 months um, where they go by an O minus and uh, uh, will will qualify for just 12 cent. Um, so that's just a, a change that was made there recently. Steers and heifers under 30 months grading within the light shaded area. Um, you can see there in the farmer's journal there from, so it's from a two plus to a four equals and it goes from a U plus up to a, a no equals will indeed get the 20 cent bonus on top of that. So for example, if you have an R uh, plus Bullock um, that's getting 460 today you'll qualify uh, nor plus would say 3 plus you'll qualify for uh, 460 with a 20 cent bonus for your quality assurance that'll bring you up to 480 and nor plus with an extra 6 cent bonus you'll get 486 there and there's also a um, breed bonus as well for the likes of Hereford and Angus as well so first up on Country Life this evening we're delighted to have Caroline Whelan from the Galway Pumpkin Patch and uh, more information can be got at www.galway.com pumpkinpatch.ie. Caroline, uh, you're very welcome on to Country Life. You're the first uh, pumpkin patch in the west of Ireland. Yes, we are. We're celebrating our fifth year in business, Keith, and thanks a million for having me on. We started in 2018, so 2023 is our fifth season, and we're absolutely delighted to be still going strong and um, as popular, I say, as we ever were, and even more so, really, the event has grown so much since we began, and we're just so delighted that people want to come to the farm and that the, there's such interest in the event. Okay, and how did you come up with the idea, Caroline? So one night back in 2017, around Halloween, I was just scrolling on Instagram and I saw a pumpkin patch in the States and I was like, wow, that looks really cool and the pictures looked really good and just clicked into it then and started Googling and I noticed that there was multiple pumpkin patches in every state that you know, going to pick your pumpkin at Halloween was a huge tradition for people in the U.S. And I guess I just had one of those eureka moments. I was like, oh, I've never seen that in Ireland. And I was like, are there even pumpkin patches in Ireland? We had always felt our farm lended itself to an event taking place here because we have a big block of land together. And it was just one of those moments. I was like, this is what we're going to do. And Unbelievably enough, my husband had the ability to grow pumpkins because he has been in the fruit and veg business all his life and he had been growing pumpkins for his own family business. They have shops in Innes. And I said to him, you'll grow the pumpkins and I'll run the event and we'll see how we go. And that was how it all started. Okay, very good. And I suppose, what's the process of growing pumpkins, uh, Caroline? So we buy the seed um, early in the year, you know, around January time. We purchase all our seed fresh. We don't re-harvest the seed from the year before. I know some people do that, but we just buy fresh seed every year for our big orange pumpkins. We get that seed here in Ireland. And for the more unusual varieties, then we buy that out of America because it's very hard to get the amount of varieties we grow now. It's they're, they're just not to be got really in Ireland because we grow a lot of unusual varieties for decorative purposes, but also because people like the choice to either bring home a big pumpkin or to bring home some small decorative pumpkins. Yeah, and there's a massive... After that then, after we get the seed, we send it off to a hothouse or a greenhouse to be germinated. 
um, and we don't do that ourselves. That's done externally by a man and um, a farmer who helps us out. And the pumpkin seed comes back then as little mini plants. And those plants are planted into the ground um, in late May. There can't be any frost left in the ground when they're planted. Um, so that's basically it. And then it, they kind of grow from about late May to mid to late September. And that's what whatever you've got by then will generally be your crop. Okay. And is there much maintenance, Caroline, in, in them? We'll say once you have them planted then in May or whenever you plant them. Well, I personally don't have a lot to do with the planting process. That would be my husband who takes care of that. My end of things is the event and the, you know, the marketing of the event and the administration and the ticketing surrounding the event. But he wouldn't do too much with them, Keith, to be honest. There can be a bit of weeding involved. He fertilizes the ground before they go in and stuff. But they're good enough and that they kind of work away themselves, bar a little bit of weeding. Okay, okay. Yeah, and there's a, a, a massive amount. I wasn't really aware of it myself until I was in Virginia a few years ago there and we got to see um, an auction where farmers bring all their uh, produce and that. But um, there's hundreds and hundreds of different varieties, colors, sizes of pumpkins, which I wasn't unaware of until I, I seen it at the auction. Yeah, we grow a, a variety now, a small white one called a Casparita pumpkin. And it's a lovely one because it's it's just very nice for decorative purposes. We also just grow a whole ton of gourds and they're, they come in these mad shapes and sizes and colours and I think children love the aesthetic of looking at colour and people tend to be fascinated then by the more decorative ones because I suppose we all associate the pumpkin with the big round orange one but that's not the case. It's just that there's so many different species of them and squashes then as well are of course a first cousin to a pumpkin so we grow some of them for decorative purposes as well. Okay, very good. So you you were open for business the last two weekends and this is the final weekend? Yes, so we opened on the 7th and 8th. That's our first weekend. We do actually do four weekends now, Keith. So we have three weekends down now at this stage and this coming weekend we will open Saturday, Sunday and the bank holiday Monday. Now ground pending and pumpkin pending. We might do a few hours next Tuesday as well. We'll see how we are because next Tuesday is actually the 31st. Halloween is kind of running late this year and the children are off. It's midterm. So I suppose it's a case we'll see how we're going. But thankfully, so many people want to visit. And as I said, we're so grateful that there is such interest in it, that it has taken off in such a way that we really are becoming a bit more Americanized now, that it's a, a tradition now for people to come and pick their pumpkin at Halloween. Yeah, I've actually been talking to a number of farmers who bring who are bringing their, their kids and families there. Uh, you, you're getting um, visitors from all across the county. I'd say all across the country, to be honest, at this stage, you would be shocked when you see the bookings come in where people would travel from. I get people from Cavan, Monaghan, Sligo. A lot of people come from the Western Seaboard because we are, there's one of two pumpkin patches now, I think, in Connacht. So I suppose we haven't a massive amount of competition over this side of the country but we also get a lot of people from Clare, Limerick Mayo, to be honest they come from all over as I said it nearly shocks me how far people come but some people make a weekend of it then Keith, they might come to Galway and book in for the night and come to visit us and 
I suppose it's once a year, so it's a novelty for people as well to visit. Okay, very good. And how can the general public find out more about the patch? So we're on Instagram under at Galway Pumpkin Patch and we're on Facebook under at Galway Pumpkin Patch as well. So it's pretty easy to find us. And then our website as well, obviously, is, as you mentioned, www.galwaypumpkinpatch.ie. So any information about ourselves can be found on those channels. And you can always direct message or email as well if you want to find out any information about us. We're very open to answering any questions people might have and as I said just delighted with the fact that people genuinely do want to come and that they seem to enjoy their visit so much to the farm and we have farm animals here and we've expanded it a lot now and that we've added in a lot of games for kids and there's two playgrounds and there's a lot of photo opportunities so I suppose it's just a really quirky fun family day out and indeed it's not just for families I noticed we're getting a lot of adult-only tickets this year. The Instagram generation, as we call them, want to come and take some pretty pictures at the pumpkin patch, and that's lovely as well. And it's just a really nice, feel-good thing to be involved in. I'm very, very lucky and very conscious that I'm so lucky to be able to call this work. So it's all good. Very good, very good. Uh, Caroline, it was great to have you on. So Caroline Whelan there from the Galway Pumpkin Patch, and they can more information can be got on www.galwaypumpkinpatch.ie, and they're also on Instagram as well, at Galway Pumpkin Patch. So thanks very much, Caroline, for coming on Country Life. Thanks so much. Lovely to speak to you. So next up on Country Life, we're delighted to have James McDonald, a financial management specialist with Chagas. Um, James, you had a busy couple of weeks and months there running a, a successful run of events with the transferring, transferring the family farm clinics. Uh, succession is obviously a hot topic, James, uh, with, uh, you know, with advisors, farmers, uh, children and, and that uh, maybe. I suppose, how did they, they go for you? They went very well, Keith, and thanks for having me on the show. It's an annual event that we do, and we pick six locations, and uh, we travel around the country, usually the first two weeks in October. But there's there's a bit of planning that goes into it. And um, just from, from experience, I think you could be plugging succession and inheritance in agriculture all the time, but people aren't interested until they're interested. So the information isn't really that new, but when people tune into it, then they need to know. So... Um, you know, we had our six events. We were in Gart in, in County Galway and we had over 200 people in the room. And when people walked into the clinic, there was a short presentation that, that I made just to kind of tee up people so that you understood the workings of the clinic. And we had local solicitors and accountants. We had a mediator um, that came up from Cork for the day. We had the local Chagas experts, you know, on the different things like uh, education. Maybe somebody is uh, slowing down from farming and they want to plant a bit of forestry or they're worried about handing over the herd number and how does that affect the schemes? As I think today is payday for basic payment. So it's important, you know, that the transition from one generation to the next is smooth. And, and then, you know, a couple that are, are getting on in years and decide they want to do a succession plan. Sometimes they're looking to the future and they're wondering if they need care. You know, how does the fair deal scheme impact the, the farm and operation? So that can be seen as a bit of a stick to promote early transfer. And on the budget side then, we've got uh, three taxes, capital gains, tax capital acquisitions tax and stamp duty. And they're three very important taxes. And if the planning isn't right, 
you could get caught for one or all of those taxes. And the last thing any parent wants to do is, you know, give the gift of a farm to a child and they have to turn around and take out a loan to pay a tax bill or, or worse still, sell some of the lands to pay the tax. Um, so it's all about good planning. And with good planning, you need to put in the time. And it can take a lot of time if you deal with the accountant, say, I think all the city and your solicitor maybe is down in Gart and maybe your Chagas advisor is over in Tune. You know, there can be a lot of legwork involved in trying to put a plan together. And if some of your children are in far off lands or counties, you know, well then the family conversation also takes a bit of time. So it's important, I suppose, to start off with family communication and then try and get the right advice so that you're not putting a plan in place that is going to lead to uh, poor relationships within the family afterwards or a tax bill. So, you know, that's what we were trying to do with the clinics, was trying to facilitate everybody that needs to be in the one room um, so that progress can be made. Farm succession is a worldwide problem. Uh, farmers are getting older. I think the average age of a farmer in Ireland is now touching 60. And uh, a lot of people would tell you that farming is a young person's game. But no, a lot of the young people have been lucky enough to get maybe are unlucky enough, I don't know, it depends on your point of view, get jobs. Um, so farming for a lot of small fragmented farms in Ireland, it mightn't be a full-time job. So transferring a fragmented farm can be tricky. Or even transferring any farm can be tricky. So I think it's important that conversations are had uh, within families to get this right. Okay. So, and I suppose, where can, you know, farm families get more information and who can help them so with a succession plan, just to maybe summarise what you've, you were just saying there, uh, James? Well, I would say, I suppose a good starting point would be to go and have a chat with your, your local advisor. Um, so, make an appointment, tell them it's around farm succession, you'd like to have an appointment, and even if it's not a childless advisor, it's a consultant, have a chat about your plans, how that impacts on schemes, um, how the family, you know, who is it going to? What ages are they? Um, do you have a green cert? What's the education like? Um, what taxes are in play if you go to if you decide that you want to transfer now or you want to transfer in five years' time or ten years' time? What are the different implications? Uh, once a plan is made, it's about figuring out then what are the tax implications of that plan. And if the tax is zero, well, then it's just a matter of going to the sister and signing it up. If there are tax implications, well, then maybe... How do you mitigate that or reduce the tax liability before you go signing up? If communication is going to be an issue, maybe you need to involve a mediator that can help with the in-family communication. Um, there's so many angles to it. You know, if you hand over the farm, who's going to care for you in the future? Uh, oftentimes the farm house or the family home is in the middle of a farmyard. So do you want to pass over the house and retain right of residence? Um, what are your own pin pension implications? Have you paid, you know, your stamps, PRSI stamps up to date and will you get the full uh, old age pension when you reach 66? Is it contributory or means tested? You know, is that enough for you? Where is the income going to come from if that's not enough? Um, so sometimes we have, you know, situations where parents want to get their affairs in order and they want to hand over land to children. And But the parents need an income. Sometimes it's the land changes from one generation to the other, but the parents may continue farming. Or maybe farm in partnership. And partnerships have gotten very common in the last number of years, especially where there's a short generation gap, where children want to, to get going farming, but the parents are not yet ready to finish farming. And, you know, um, the partnership 
can be a, it's a legal arrangement. There's benefits um, from the Department of Agriculture for farming in partnership. It allows both generations to farm together and profit split. And during the partnership, the assets might change uh, ownership, but the business partnership still goes on. So it's probably the best of both worlds. So that's something that lots of families are looking at as a way of, um, you know, transferring the farm. Okay, and what are the main issues, James, that you you, you come across, we'd say, on, on a daily basis in relation to these? I'd say probably the number one uh, query that you, that, that you, or situation that you find yourself in is talking to a family and they say, well, I don't know, do I have a successor or not? I have three kids and one is in Dublin working, one is in Cork working, and one is in England. Um, and I don't know which of them is to be the farmer, but one of them always showed an interest, but now they're away working. Um, so no successor is, is getting quite common. Um, another issue is people are worried about the fair deal scheme because if you transfer the assets today, there's a five-year look back and the assets, no matter who's given it, it's on the hook for 7.5% per year. And if it's been actively farmed, you can apply to have that capped at three years. And nursing homes are not cheap. You know, it's probably somewhere in the order of 60 grand a year for nursing home care. Nobody wants to end up in one, but the reality is lots of people do you know, need care, and if the family is away, it probably is the only option. Um, and I suppose, you know, one of the things, policy is all about transferring the farm early and doing good planning, but you don't hand it over until you're good and ready, and that you're happy that whatever the child does with the farm, that you can live with that fact. So mentally, you know, you don't give it until you're in that uh, space where you're happy you made the right decision because you can't take it back, you know, once it's given over. So that's, I suppose, a little warning for people, you know. You often meet families and they say, James, I don't know what to do. This is what I have and I want to pass it on and I don't know whether to give it now or give it in the future. And I, I, I might ask, you know, have you spoken to any of the family? No, but I don't know, have they any interest either, you know. so. Um, but every family you meet, it's a different set of circumstances and what's right for one family is not right for another family. So, um, and there can be a lot of uh, angles to a family situation. So all we were doing at the clinics and listen, the plan is to have them again um, next year. We have, I, I, we've been running these since 2014. There have been such a success that we've, we'll continue to do them. So, you know, it, it's just to facilitate farm families to help them along that path. And it could take a number of years for a succession plan uh, to come to fruition. So, you know, if you miss the clinic this year, it mightn't be too late for you to interact with us again next year. You know, but in, in the meantime, if somebody is looking for a little bit of information, we have a booklet on our website called A Guide to Transferring the Family Farm. So you can have a read of that and make an appointment with, a, with an advisor locally to help you along with your plan. Okay. And when is the best time to do a transfer, James? Um, I suppose... There's no real timing in terms of time of the year. It, it's really about, you know, the age of the young people receiving the farm. If they're going farming, there's, a, there's an age limit of once you reach your 35th birthday, well, then stamp duty is applicable if you don't have a green cert. And from a scheme's point of view, a young farmer in, in the European context is defined as somebody under 40 or haven't reached their 41st birthday, depending on what scheme you look at. So... The government and, and EU incentives are all designed to get farms across to young people before they reach certain ages. So it might be to do with the ages of your children and the edu education that they have. Um, so 
age 35 is one trigger, age 40 is another trigger. And um, on the parents, there is triggers around capital gains tax and the age 66, but um, it's, it's only really a trigger if the farm is very substantial. You know, there's a 3 million thresholds there, which it would be a substantial farm. So most of the, the triggers are around young people's age. Okay, very good, very good. Uh, James McDonald, Financial Management Specialist with Chagas, uh, thanks very much. And we might just give a plug to the, um, um, the piece of information there that can be got online as well to explain um, how to transfer the family farm on the Chagas website, if you just want to give that a plug again. It's called A Guide to Transferring the Family Farm. And also on our website, Keith, we have a number of webinars that we did during COVID in 2020 and 2021. And if people want to find them, it's on the same page. If you just type in the words Chagask and Farm Succession into Google, it'll probably land you on our Farm Succession page. And so there's loads of resources there that we have published over the last number of years. So next up on Country Life, we're delighted to have Neve Farrell from Macra. Uh, Neve, you're very welcome on to Country Life. Uh, you have a big event uh, happening this weekend. Hi, Keith. How are you? Uh, we do indeed, yeah. Um, it's all go here now in uh, Roscommon. We're... We're, we're lucky enough that we uh, won the bid to host the national annual uh, conference at Machina Firma. So we're just putting the final touches on it now, so we can't wait for the weekend. Okay, very good. And where is it taking place? Uh, so it's uh, kicking off at the Shearwater Hotel in Ballinasloe. Um, so there's there's lots happening over the course of the weekend. So um, like our social media, the, the national conference page, has all the details of where you can go and what you can do. But... Yeah, it's all, it's all kicking off in the Shearwater Hotel. That's our, that's our base. Okay, and what's the theme of that conference this year, uh, Niamh? Uh, so the theme this year is feeding our future. Uh, so it, it kind of encompasses a lot there, whether you're a dairy farmer, beef farmer, sheep farmer, poultry, uh, there'll be an element there that'll kind of cover everything. Okay, and how important, I suppose, Niamh, is it for you know, an organisation like MACRA uh, to have their voices and opinions heard? Yeah, so Mocker is a is a lobbying organisation, so we're 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 apolitical as we do say. Um so we don't pledge allegiance to anybody. <laughs> um, we it's really important for us uh, as young farmers and, and young people living in rural Ireland that we get our voices and our opinions heard in order to create a more sustainable future for us to, to be here um and to live and stay in rural Ireland and the key thing that we like to get across there is that we are always willing and, and hoping to bring in new environmental measures on our farms to try and make those changes and, and make it more sustainable. Um, so allowing young people to come into agriculture is really important. So we hope the minister will, will listen to us on, on Saturday coming. Okay, and you're, you're a young uh, farmer yourself, Neve. Um, so what kind of farming do you do yourselves? Um, so myself and my partner are, are farming here, or I should say, my part, my partner and myself. He's the main, he's the main man. I just put the clusters on the cows. Um, that's and that's very important too, Neve. That's very important yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's it. They won't do it themselves, anyways. So, um, yeah. So we're farming here in Ross Commons. So we're we're milking the milking um, about 130 cows here. Okay, very good. So uh, a, a busy, busy household. Absolutely, yeah. We're flat out. We've no time at all. Very good. <laughs> so very how we're good. managing to get to the conference at all? That's the job. And uh, what do you hope to achieve, um, Neve, from the conference? Um, I think there, like I mentioned, um, our, our keynote speaker is Minister for Agriculture, Charlie McConnell Oak, and 
we hope that he, he takes the time there to, to listen to the questions, to answer the questions appropriately and also take back the questions and take back the points of our members, of our committees to see that we, we do need more help and more support from the government and hopefully we can see a more sustainable future for us in agriculture and other industries in rural Ireland. Exactly. And farm safety is obviously a very important um, topic to cover as well, especially when we look, you know, it's obviously very important. We see a lot of young young farmers involved with Makara, but, you know, as I suppose as an industry, Neve, uh, the farming age is, is, is actually increasing every year. And it's, I think it's at 47% of farm fatalities occur between children and uh, people over the age of 64. So how important is farm safety along with uh, all the other important topics? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's, we're always talking about it in Makra, about the age of young farmers. Um, one in 16 farmers are under the age of 35. And we use a, a key element there when we're describing that uh, as a football team. And we know that there's plenty of club finals happening this weekend coming. And if your best player was your 16th player to come onto the pitch and was only coming on as a sub, that club wouldn't have much of a chance of survival in, in, a, in a club or county championship. So it's the same when it comes to the agricultural industry. Unless we have young farmers in there who, when they're going to college, they're learning all the important aspects of farm safety, the important elements of good handling facilities, uh, the importance of all the aspects of having a PTO covered and every other element that comes along with farm safety Um the use of tractors, how to properly drive tractors. There's a huge difference between driving a slurry tank that's full of slurry and a huge difference between driving a tractor that has an empty slurry tank. And, you know, young farmers aren't aware of that when they first hop up on a tractor. So we're key in, in Mocker that uh, we're actually trialling the programme at the minute in, in a tractor farm safety and hoping to bring that out as a skill net course. Um, but we do farm safety courses with Mocker Agricultural Skill Net and we do think it's a key element in young farmers that far, farm safety is right up there as a, as a key issue there with the government to maybe do a little bit more investment in that as well. And not to go off topic around the now, Neve, but I have to give him, you mentioned a team there, I have to give a mention to our own Turlock Moore Hurling team at, at home this weekend who are playing Thomas's, <laughs> so we'll, we'll be praying that they might bring back the, the county final this weekend, but uh, I suppose, Neve, are the events, I suppose over the course of the weekend open to the public or is it just Macra, or how is that going to work? No, not at all, we always want new members so uh, everybody and anybody is welcome to attend um, I, I suppose we have farm tours on the Saturday morning and um, we ha- are running buses from the hotel so they're all leaving at 10.30 and um, we do ask the people register just so we know how many people are going on the bus so all the links for registration are on our social media page on the national conference page or on the Mocker and Affirma Instagram or Facebook pages so they'll see them all there um, and then you, you come back and the Ag Conference is open to absolutely everybody. So we hope to get a good turnout from Galway and Roscommon to come and put the Minister under a little bit of pressure. It's no harm to, to keep him on his toes. Um, so absolutely, it's open to everybody. And that night we have the Tumbling Paddies playing as well. So that's again open to everybody and there'll be tickets available on the door. Very good, yeah, very good band and uh, ever getting even more and more popular every year, the Tumbling Paddy. So even a, a very big hit with the younger audience as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We hope now they'll bring a few stragglers in off the road, so we'll, we'll hope you have a good night that night. Very good. So, Neve, if you just want to maybe summarise it, what's on, where it's happening, and uh, who's playing again, maybe just to, to, for a couple of minutes there, just to, to give our listeners a recap on what's happening this weekend for the Macra Rally. Yeah, absolutely. So, we're kicking off on the Saturday morning. At, uh, probably ask everybody to be there for around 10am on the Saturday morning. 
um, and we'll be heading off on our farm tours. One is to Derek Lean's farm in Neelick and the other one is to Matty John Kelly's farm in Dysart. Uh, one is a dairy farm and the other one is a beef and sheep farm. Uh, we'll return back to the hotel then for our lunch and then we'll move into the conference room to put our Minister for Agriculture and our panel discussions up to a good uh, challenge there for feeding our future. Uh, we'll take a little bit of a break then in the afternoon and we'll get our glad rags on to go for the Cumberland Paddies on the Saturday night where the doors are open at nine o'clock. And uh, on the Sunday then we'll be taking it handy before our banquet meal, uh, which is unfortunately for the guy and our listeners sold out. But if anybody really wants a ticket, they could probably message us and we'll try and sort something out for them. Very good, very good. So thanks a million, Eve, uh, Eve from the Macra Rally uh, happening this weekend. Uh, thanks very much uh, for coming on Country Life. I'd also like to thank Caroline Whelan from the Galway Pumpkin Patch and indeed James MacDonald, uh, the Chagas Specialist on Transferring the Family Farm. So that's it this week from Country Life. We hope you enjoyed the show and if there's any queries about this week's topics or if indeed you'd like a topic covered, don't hesitate to give me an email at countrylife at galwaybayfm.ie and we'll get back to you. So until next Tuesday at 7pm, we hope you have a lovely evening and next up is Melodies followed by the Nightfly.